Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everybody, welcome back to the Weekly Dish on my Talk 1071. I'm Steph March. And I'm Stephanie Hansen. Did we have Gina who went and got a car wash? She did not give us a call back. Okay, because yeah. we were asking her to hold on, but she was in- entering the car wash. Yes. So we'll see if we get her back. Um, we'd like to level set one more time, just in case you have listened to part of love, uh, our one. It is Bay Leaves, <laughs> not Bailey's Irish cream that we are speaking of. We are speaking of the little leaf that is often included in recipes. So if you listen to any part of the first hour, you'll find that funny. Okay, we're time, it's time for top two in hour two. It is. Giving the old one two. And now the Weekly Dish presents top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In hour two. All right, give me two with it. All right, gang, it's where we talk about two things we are sort of loving this week. I'm going to go first. Okay. And I'm going to tell you that I love, love pizza. <laughs> Pizza's <laughs> good. The, the love pizza. Love oh, pizza. Love pizza it's in love, St. Louis Park, Golden Valley. It's Golden Valley. Golden Valley. It's right by Miracle Mile, um, you know, with the old shopping center that has all the uh, the old crazy things in there. Um, but it is, I ordered it for the first time, you guys, and I have to say, I kind of had been like... Eh, we'll see. Well, a couple of things. Delicious. They have their pizzas that come in two different sizes, two different types. You can get like the big triangle cut or you can get like a little personal pizza that's square cut, tavern cut. And I and I just have to tell you that like I they delivered too to me in St. Louis Park. OK. And normally my deliveries have been from Parkway. They've been from Red Savoy. They've been, yep. you know, all have different vibes. This was kind of a great thin crust vibe. And I was really, really overjoyed by the freshness of the toppings. I got one that's called it's basically the if you know, you know, the I, Y, K, yep. you know what I mean? That whole thing. Um, and it had these big slices of salami on it that were like crisped on the edges. So they kind of cupped up. Yep. But it's really the magic of this onion mix that they have because it's like green onions, caramelized onions and another three onion thing that Ooh. is like it's perfect. It's like really balanced, not super oniony, but just gives that right punch. It was so good. OK, this sounds like it could be. In this is like your cheeseburger future. Yeah, this is like get that delivered. <laughs> yeah, and they came to you guys in these huge boxes. Kurt and I don't have the same pizza feelings. You don't. So we don't 
order pizza very much, but that could give us the same pizza feeling because that's you, his order. That's his order. Pepperoni with onions. Yeah, no, and they have a couple different kinds that are like sausage pepperoni. They've got, you know, but they've got like, it's a little bit more elevated. The cheese was delicious. It wasn't very heavy, but the crust, I kept eating the crust. I was like, wow. Yum. And normally I could take or leave crusts. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm not saying like... Here's my feeling. If I'm going to do like a cheesy sausage mushroom cheesy thing, I probably would still stick with my Parkway. But for this kind of thing where it's a little elevated and a little bit like fancier, I think I'm in. Okay. Love pizza in Golden Valley and they deliver and it's their own delivery. Okay. So there you go. Uh, Mine would be Gus Gus in St. Paul. Yes. Went there with some friends, had a delicious, the mussels were fantastic. The Brussels sprouts with the peanuts and the fish sauce and the lime were fantastic. And my friends were like, I would have never ordered these because I would have saw fish sauce and freaked out. Yeah. But they were great. Like, thank you for ordering them. But what really tipped it over for me was I was sitting at the bar waiting for my friends and I saw the Gamley Old Aqua V bottle. Yes. And I said to the bartender, hey, can you make me something with that? And Aqua V in this essence is a dill flavor. You did the dill one because there's yeah. a bunch of different yes. ones. Don't always assume that Aqua V is dill, but theirs is. It was one of theirs. Is. So, which is dill. Lovely. He was like, Oh, I've never made anything with that before. And I was like, Okay. So I ordered something else. And then the gal that was um, the bartender program lady, whose name I can't remember. Oh, no, I remember the name of my server, so I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to say the wrong name. She comes over. Well, halfway, it wasn't Anna Morgan, was it? Maybe I don't That's know. That's the owner. She came over and she goes, "Hey, I understand you were asking about the Gamliel Dilly Aquavis." She goes, "I think I could make you a cocktail with that." I was like, "Yeah, I'd really like one." So she did, and it had like it, it was like a lime Dilly Gimlet, which oh, is yes. like a recipe that I have in my cookbook. Yeah. So. I just was so happy. And then my friends took a sip and they were like, we want one of those too. Yeah. So they each got one. And then when we were leaving, my friend Michael goes, hey, I think you really should put that on the menu. That was an awesome cocktail. And the lady was like, you know, we were just talking about maybe we will. And I was like, well, you can call it the Stephanie Hansen because I have a recipe like that in my True North Cabin cookbook. And they were laughing. And then they gave us a jello shot. <laughs> that was flecked with gold. <laughs> yes, the jello shot is the best. It was great. Isn't it? it was yeah. fun. Like I thought, wow, this is really just fun. So the thing about Gus Gus for me is, it's like it, that's the neighborhood bar that you wish that you lived in that neighborhood. Because yeah, it's like I've gone when I go sit at that bar. You know, I've had like you know, and it's not too far from my offices actually. And so we've like left the office. I have an art director who I was like, we need to go get a drink. Let's go to Gus Gus. We go sat at the bar and I was like, I recognize three people. I don't live in that neighborhood, but it's like people I knew from other places that was just like, it was, and it's in the basement of an apartment building. Yep. I love that. It was great. Good job. Okay. So my second one is going to be letting you guys know that I am going on a trip. Woo, it's high time. High time. And that I'm leading the trip to the Amalfi Coast. And so we're going to Italy and we're going to Croatia, which is totally Hansen's like, you know, like she just said, it's her deathbed happy place, yep. for God's sakes. Um, but I'm doing it with my friends at Peak Travel. And we've got it set for September and October, like the end of September, first couple of weeks, the first day of you're October. You're going to be like, okay, so you're going to be in Italy. And then, like two weeks later, I'm in Spain. I know. So we're gonna be like back to back. I know. Where do you know what? Where are you going? Do you know what towns? Yes. Well, we're doing like we're starting in Rome, and then we're going to Sorrento, and then um, and then we're going to you know we're scooting down around the boot. We're hitting the entire Dalmatian coast, Montenegro. We're going up to um, uh, it starts with a K. How, how many days will you be gone? It's like a week. Okay. Yeah. So it's a week, and it's fun. on a boat. 
It is a boat, yeah. and it's sailing. It's like you're sailing, but it's a bit bigger, and we don't have to do the work of the sailing. So. Yeah, so probably more like a barefoot charter. It is. It's no. I think it's a little bit bigger than that. I'm not 100. I mean, I just, I just know that it's like basically they're calling it like the boutique floating hotel. How many people? I'm not sure yet. They're kind of we're looking okay. at right now to see like what, how much, how many people Sounds are interested. Amazing. But you guys, I'm gonna put the link up if you want to come. The big thing is, is like because I got to like. I'm getting to curate the experiences, like instead of just yeah. being like, oh, hey, we're doing this. Like I did in the Spain trip. Yeah, but I mean, like finding out like, you know, and I guess because when I went to Iceland, like we were given options of things, but I didn't get to pick them. You know what I mean? I didn't get to say like, I want to go to this farm. Oh, and yeah, so we picked. This one is um, going to be, we're going to do, I mean, I'm, we're just kind of getting into like the logistics, but I want to go do limoncello. You know, I want to go to lemon yep. groves. I want to go do wineries obviously we're gonna go there's so much prosciutto in that area yeah and there's so much good like ham tasting i know and just all of the good things so we're gonna do um yeah and like yeah all the good things so that's on tap i'll put the thing up if you guys want to go okay that will be amazing and i'm glad that you're getting to do that um okay i just had my thing and then i forgot my thing and you have hippo pockets on the on the grid oh yeah I thought this was clever. Yeah. These are, what do you call those things at Taco Bell? Crunchwrap. These are Crunchwrap Supremes mm-hmm. made by a local company that owns Centro. It's and just it's, Centro Kitchen. It's like Centro has Crunchwraps crunch on the menu. And it's a, um, they branded it Hippo Pockets, which I thought was really cute. Yeah. They have this retro vibe. It's made out of their kitchen, which is sort of a ghost kitchen because you don't order them in the restaurant or go anywhere. They are delivery only. Yeah. And this is the thing my kid will really get behind. Yeah. And they had like 12 different kinds. Yeah. I didn't get to try them, but you you did. And I went and looked on the website and looked at all the different versions. I could totally see ordering this to go. Yeah. I thought it was really clever. To me, it's like this. So the Central Crunch is like one of their most popular items. And it was kind of like an off menu thing for a while. So it got that limited edition, limited availability, secret menu kind of vibe. And then it's just, Jamie said it sometimes outsells margaritas. Yeah. I mean, my God. I can see it. And so then to create this out of, I love this idea that they were bored all winter and they created this sort of just this, they're calling it a cloud kitchen. And it's basically where like, you know, it's part of their same kitchens. It's just something in another area that's just doing delivery only. Hippo Pockets. Yeah. Hippopockets.com. And, and they're delicious. It's real cute. They're delicious. Uh, right. Also, by the way, yeah. went to Groveland Tap last weekend. The newly expanded, reopened, remodeled, but still fresh and great. You love it. I love it. And they have a taco quesarito burger situation that's wrapped in a tortilla and griddled that's real good. Oh, so they're doing it too. Yeah. Good. I love it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You guys are going to come back. We're going to talk about staycation restaurants for the non-spring breakers. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. The team you picked to win the bracket is losing their first round game. Oh, come on. Your tax guy looks at your forms and goes, Oh, boy. Mm -mm. Your teen daughter says she's going on spring break to Rio. There are lots of reasons to sweat in March. The only good one is a new membership at the Y. Join and use the Y by March 31st to earn a free month. Sweat smarter at ymcanorth.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. We are uh, lots of friends and lots of people are out on spring break. Like many of you maybe are listening to this on a beach somewhere. If or like the next day. Well, last weekend, someone sent us a, ta- or a tweet right. and they were in Budapest. That's true. So who knows? Although I don't I mean, like and I hope that you're 
out if you are on a beach and having a good time i'm totally not jealous except for that i am and um, it's okay it's okay i just and i'm not necessarily a beach person that's the thing is i'm more of like this active go 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 person so i don't know why but i still feel like at some point though it would be nice to go sit somewhere yeah. i don't know maybe a weekend Anyway, so I was thinking, but I do get jealous of like seeing people vacationing all, like when it hits me all at once like this, you know, when like everybody's gone and everybody's showing stuff, I get a little bit of verklempt. So I wanted to say that there's a really good way to sort of the antidote to that for me is to go eat like I'm on vacation. And so I think about things like I'm, I'm maybe not going to go to a supper club because I can do that all the time. And I maybe think about doing that all winter. Yep. So then I think maybe I'm craving drinking out of a pineapple. Maybe I want some plantains, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to, and I did this on Fox nine a little bit, but I wanted to, I kind of also want to use your brain and like, let's do some brainstorming for people. Where do you want to go? That'll give you staycation vibes. So I wanted to first shout out. The first one was Costa Rica. I have a friend who's in Costa Rica right now. And, uh, and so that's what made me think of it. And I forget, I, I, and I feel like we don't talk about Marna's enough. And Marna's is up in Robbinsdale. And it is, um, it is a great little family run restaurant that has total Costa Rica vibes. Love it. Have you been there? No. Okay. Like plantains. Uh, oh, I, yes, yeah, I have been a there. Roscon, uh, Camarones. So you're getting like shrimp and rice and all that stuff. This is the place, you guys, where you can drink out of a pina. Like you get a drink that's half it. out of a pina colada. So I love that. All right, so if you have friends in Mexico, where are you sending people to go eat Mexican to make you feel like you're on vacation? Um. Oh, well... Well, I'll tell you, I was thinking about Colita, because Colita, yeah. is much, as much as we think of it as a Denny Del Prado, you know, fancy space, first of all, it's Oaxacan. Like, so many cool, great yeah, Oaxacan takes Yum. and moles. And then also that green bar, like the bar with the green leaves behind it. It to me like makes me feel like okay you're not wearing your puffer coat anymore and you're like it gives you that vibe. So there's the obvious like El Burrito, but past that, I think of that at Jorge Guzman's. Oh, you do because I feel like at Petit Leon. Yeah, and that food is elevated Mexican inspired food. Yeah, so like you could have a mole there, yeah. or the drinks the there Guajillo would have steak, like a roasted. Yeah pineapple wedge or you know True. what i mean okay like, so you're it's like an elevated moment that still makes you feel like you're on a little vacation because when i'm in mexico yeah I, a lot of times if i am going out to eat i am eating at places very similar to that okay now it doesn't look like it it's not like tropical on the inside but it's kind of airy yeah so yeah that's kind of how how about um for me like marla's caribbean oh that's a good caribbean spot like just well, well marla's uh, not open anymore dude. Uh, she's not <laughs> no well, are you sure? Well, Marla isn't, no. I mean, like, she's been gone for a long time. Are you sure? I mean... Well, she can... So she. So Marla's does, like... Marla does, like... Uh, she does, like... Um, catering. Oh, catering, yes. But, I mean, that's not like going to Marla's Caribbean, which was over in Uptown. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, her restaurant isn't there anymore. Because I think you can still get the food. Um, Takeout Saturday. Okay. You just text. It's text only service. Okay, and you get 48 sure. hours for a response. Okay. I didn't know if it was like that yeah. or if it was like catering. No. Nope. Like you have to do like, you know, like it's like. When you can you get, get your like double. Five You can get your each. chicken entree. Okay. You can get your curry chicken. Well, seriously, she nobody cooks it better than her. No. I mean, the Caribbean food that she makes is quite amazing. Curry fish. Yep. Yep. Um, what about Jamaica. Um, Jamaican. I really like jerk wings, and yeah. I'm trying to think of where. Well, I think like 
uh, pimento kitchen is the one that yeah. I think of right away because, quite honestly, the jerk chicken and jerk pork there that they do is so flavorful, so good. And here's the thing, you guys, it is hot. Like, you can get hot sauce there oh, that is, like, literally, hot. like, kicks your mouth out. What is and then that? you get red stripes. What is the place in West St. Paul over by Ellie's house? And they have that little patio. She likes to go there. She's always telling me that I need to go there with her in the summertime. And um, they just expanded their patio. Nannies. Yes. Nanny's Jamaican Kitchen, you guys. That's where I would Super go. Super cute little place. I remember that was... That one was one that just sort of opened not too long ago. They were smaller, and they've like reused some of their parking lot to make a better patio. Nine sixty nine Rice Street. Yeah, and so yeah, That's real authentic Jamaican food. Um, I mean, they yeah, that one. I remember someone was telling me about their curry goat as being. I think it might have been Ellie. Yeah, maybe it was Ellie. She's yeah, big but, into that. Spot. And they do have wings. They have and they have cocoa bread, which is that's the Caribbean bread. Mm-hmm. So good. Okay, what about if your friends are in, um, like, okay, what about this? If someone can't come on your Spain trip, where would you tell them to go eat instead? Um, oh, I'm really looking forward to to McKee's Spanish Tapas restaurant that's in development that's right. not open yet. But it's not open yet. No, it's not. So, um, Spanish food. So I said Rincon, probably I said Rincon yeah. 38, which is great little tapas. Is that place still open on Central that yeah. they also owned that was the white place? Because that was good, too. No, no the Costa okay. Blanca. All right. Yeah, no, but Rincon 38 is a great option. Spanish, yeah. I mean, like, Cafe Ana, which is Hector Ruiz's, like, uh-huh. mainstay. That one has a lot of good, you know, sort of, you know, like, Southern American or, you know what I mean? It has uh-huh. Latino and Latin uh, cooking, Latin cooking, God, uh, vibes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, is there anyone in town that like does paella? Well, I mean, yeah, Rincon has paella. Okay. Um, actually, and that's, I was thinking there's like that, the Guavas Cafe. Oh, in South Minneapolis. I'm really interested Medianoche, in yeah, that great guy. paella, all of that good stuff. Um, there's that little cute place over in West St. Paul called El Cubano too. Okay, and that one is on on uh, is sort of by the High Bridge. Yeah, that one has great Dominican Republic food and Yum. such good. Uh, that one is the best Cubano in my mind. Okay, just all right. There. So that's a really good one. Um, what about if you are traveling to? Let's see. If you're going, um, where else do people go on spring break? Ah, uh, Florida. <laughs> okay, no. I'm going to Florida. Well, okay, how about Greece? Do you ever, like, if people yeah. want to go to the Greek Isles? Well, um, Lake and Lindale. Yeah, obviously, Greek it's to Greek me. to me. I love the naughty Greek, which is more fast casual, I but say, I love that place. So that's one of those ones I feel like that maybe people don't really think about. But, like, that is some really great fresh the tzatziki that they have there. Yeah. And there's salads. And doing like, you know, kind of the port and the falafel are great. And Phil's Terra Hideaway, which we that's mentioned we earlier. They've got moussaka and oh, some of the more traditional dishes. That's a great one. Also, like Foxy Falafel, you know, yeah. she makes great beet falafel. That's very true. It just if I'm thinking about Greece. Um, what about uh what about let's see, where else do people go on spring break? Or at least when they're traveling and we can't go. Uh, they usually go to warm places, so people go to Florida. Okay, well, here's the thing. If you're, like, not going to this, I always think, like, also, like, the South Padre Island. People go to Palm Springs. People do. What is the food in but Palm Springs? Like, what are you going to eat great. when you go there? It's not great. Yeah. There is an amazing Jewish deli called Sherman's that's like the Lincoln Dell oh. that 
I literally, we get takeout from there for lunch almost every day. Yeah. Best Reuben, best pastrami, like that really old fashioned potato salad with the big chunks of potatoes and the, you know, four layer coconut cakes. Yeah. I would say, yeah, that's. And there's a place called Tropical that's sort of a outdoory neighborhoody. They're known for like these big martinis, but the food there in Palm Springs is surprisingly mediocre for being a place of such abundance and wealth and great um, warm climate with where you have lots of vegetables and produce. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, maybe it's, not it's great. just very simple. But we the- will likely cook every day. Really? Yeah, that's so shocking to me to be yeah. on vacation and do that. We'll have lunch out, but we'll cook. All right. Okay. All right. Well, um, I was thinking about barbecue. If you're not, you know, there's some people who go to Texas, Texas. and do barbecue, but like. And Amalie's opens April 1st, and that makes me very, very happy. I just saw that, yep. and I'm real glad that they got that worked out. He'll be at Bauhaus Brew Labs. Well, it's barely worked out. Let's be very clear. Okay. All right. We well, are going to take a quick break. You guys, we're going to come back. We have Yia Vang on the phone talking about his new concept. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We're just trying to get uh, Yia Vang on the line. Um, Les, you want to try him just one more time? See if he answers. He just said call again. So we'll try to give him a call. We're just trying to... We're having just some... Connection stuff. I mean, he's busy in the kitchen, that guy. He's got a lot going on. Look what, coincidentally, my screensaver that came up on my phone was. What is it? It was sailing. That island that I was just talking about, it's weird. It's a black screen when you show it to me. Oh, (laughs) sorry. All right. Well, you know. There it is. That's fine. Um, So, okay. We have, uh, we're going to have you hopefully on in a few minutes if he answers his phone. Um, Maybe I wrote the wrong phone number down. I don't know. I hope because um, if you are listening, I can tell you that on April 7th, yeah, it's very ill-timed, but I recorded a package with Yia at his restaurant, Slurp, that is closing no, that's and they're going to be changing a concept to a different pop-up concept that we'll talk about. But April 7th on Jason's show, I did a whole segment about soup and we couldn't air it until later. So that is something to look forward to because I really got to sit down with him and we had a really nice chat about soup and just like your family's favorite dishes. And I think it dovetails a little bit into um, what he's trying to do next, which is the comfort food pop up. So I just gave him our studio line, Lex, and we'll see if he answers or calls. Um, He said he's just leaving United Noodles. And so we'll try to get him a line. Um, So what? You know, what's interesting, I think, about Yeah, obviously, he's become kind of a cultural icon for us in that he's uh, a Hmong cook, you know, who, uh, chef, who has really sort of become a spokesperson for, you know, Hmong cooking in the Midwest and in the country because there's not a lot of, right. you know, there's not a lot of, this cuisine is so vital and vibrant for so many people, and, and but it doesn't have a lot of spokespeople. And so he's really stepped into the role of doing that. And, you know, Union Monk Kitchen and the way that he was at the state fair and all this kind of great stuff was, um, I think, a really good introduction. But it's kind of the beginning, you know, even though he's been around for a while, um, I think there's a lot of potential. And what he's doing with he took over the um, former Moochie's space in Uptown and he's transformed it to be called Hill Tribe Kitchen. And what I love is that he's basically going to be doing different Concepts. Yep. So, like three months, you know, slurp soup. noodle soup. Yep. Is uh is the is it's basically ending, or if it hasn't ended, I think today's the last day. Maybe tomorrow's last day, and and then he's launching a whole nother concept. But the idea that rotating through these concepts too to keep things fresh, to keep things vital, to keep things 
top of mind is kind of fun, you know? And I think a lot of people worry about, like, is it got, you know, staying power? Or is it going to be too chaotic? I don't know. But I, I love I mean, the opportunity. Slurp, slurp was six dishes, basically. Three yeah. noodles, three soups. They were all fantastic. And I feel like if you keep it kind of small and manageable like that, the world is your oyster. And I'm curious. I'm so curious about his presentation and his food and the way he sees food. And when we talk about like comfort food in particular, I'm going to be curious, like what that means to him. Yes. Okay. So we have you on the line. Are you there, friend? Dude, I'm so, so sorry. (laughs) I was leaving United Noodles last night. We got crushed. I bet you did. Everything. Yeah. Everything that we like have on, you know. Is like out. I'm running around this morning to every Asian market to find stuff. Oh my so god! I'm so sorry for being late. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're a busy guy, and you're you're giving us a lovely few minutes of your time. I wanted to talk about Mika because I wanted to say yeah. that this is such an interesting idea. Not that it's like you know one of the first things that you and I ever worked together on was the Hmong version of hot dish. And I feel like this is such a great moment to describe what this is. Tell us a little bit about Mika and what it means to you. Yeah, so the word Mika really translates to American, you know, because when our parents, when we first came to America, they didn't know how to say American, you know, because they didn't speak English. So the iteration has turned out to be Mika. Yeah. And that's like a term in our, you know, in the monk's media, we was just kind of like either it means American or white. You know, yeah. And so, at home, mom always asked, "Hey, do you guys want monk food or mika food?" You know, and there was always this struggle where it's just like, "Well, what am I? Am I a monk kid or am I a mika kid?" You know, and that's the thing, especially if you grew up in, you know, the monk house and you didn't speak a lot of, see a lot of monk with each other. Yeah. Your aunts and uncles and your parents, were like, hey, you know, stop being a mika kid. You know, <laughs> and so it was always this struggle, right? Where where you're like well, where am I in this? And then I think that we live in this world with duplicity where it's like, well, you have to pick a side, kid. Yeah. And I think just, I just came to this point where I'm like, look, if you look at these two beautiful food cultures, yeah. you know, if you look at the, the, the American food culture and you look at the monk food culture, when these, when two cultures collide, it actually creates a third culture. Yeah. And so what we really say here when we say Hmong American comfort food, it's food that we know. It's food that it's a, it's a go-to, you know? When you, like, you know, the reason why we, we made this burger and we put this burger on here was, like, one of the things, like, growing up was the first thing I remember watching on TV when we first landed in America was a McDonald's commercial. <laughs> it, was a, it was a cheeseburger on there. And I'm like, what is that creation? Yeah. And I remember the day my parents came back from McDonald's with my aunt and uncle, and they had this creation in this box, and they opened up, and I ate it. I ate a cheeseburger for the first time, and I'm like, what is this thing? It's amazing. Yeah, and that's Mika, so funny. Mika, too, the, the, the pop-up is also this thing where my mom would make us these dishes, like pasta dishes and all these things, but she didn't really know how to make it. And there were all these ingredients and, you know, stuff that we had, mung ingredients and stuff that we had at home where she would use that for us. And it was her way of making us feel like we belong. You know, yeah. it was her way of saying, look, like, I know that when you go to school and when you go out there with your friends, you know, you want to be able to eat the same kind of food they eat, but I'm going to try my best to replicate that. You translate delicious. You translate your feelings, your feelings of home and your mom so well in just a the way you describe them, but also be these dishes, because I totally feel like I'm going to come to your place and you're going to make me some noodle thing. And I'm going to literally be thinking of you and your mom when I'm eating it. 
Seth, thanks. I really appreciate that. One of the things we really want to do with the way that we make our food is we want people to eat it and then have this memory of something that's like something from their childhood, something that's like close to them. It doesn't like, I I think that people sometimes mistake us and say, oh, you guys are making monk food. You want people to, yeah, we want to introduce people to monk food, but then what does it mean to you? Like, what does this kind of food mean to you? You know, like, for example, um, we have a meatloaf dish on there. Yes. I love meatloaf. Right. (laughs) You know, but, but like, but like we, we dorked out at this meatloaf dish. It started out as a family meal we made for our, for the restaurant. Yeah. You know, and we're just like, oh, we have this and this. We'll just throw this in. And I love meatloaf. So I'm like, meatloaf to me is literally, it's making bread, but with meat. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a bread. It's a meat bread. It's a meat bread. You know? <laughs> and, and so we have this meatloaf dish, but we serve it with rice and salty mustard green. Yeah. And we make an oyster sauce ketchup on top. You know? Yum. But, but when you say meatloaf, like that, that triggers a lot of different emotions in a lot of people. But for me, it, it triggers this... My parents, you know, my mom, like trying, like I, I we, we bought the Stouffer's uh, frozen meatloaf growing up and I wanted to replicate it. And my mom had all these ingredients in there in the fridge that I just pulled in again and said, hey, let's, let's do it this way, you know. There's such an important so. moment with this because I think culturally we have been in a food space. We've been trying to figure out, you know, we've been trying to, I think, define things in order to give them their own space, right? Because in America, we we sort of take everything and we, we you know, the white culture sort of takes and owns everything. And then, and so the last bunch of years have been about setting things aside or or in relief and saying, no, this is, you know, this is Indian food, and this is, you know, this is Hmong food, and this is, you know, Icelandic food, whatever. And so we've been sort of saying this is authentic, right? And I think the hardest part for that is that's not true to actual America, because in America, we all muck around with everything each other. And I think that there's something about the beauty of saying now for, you know, the immigrants, like giving this space to third culture cooking is a whole new definition of how it all slams together is so exciting to me and so beautiful in its iterations. Yeah, because I, we firmly believe, you know, from our restaurant company, we firmly believe that food is a universal language. Yes. Like let's use this language to speak to each other. Yes. You know, and, and create and, and a so, new language. I, mean, I think that, yeah, and and I think I think that that's incredible. You know, that's why I tell people I don't like the word fusion. No. The word fusion means I don't really care. Let's just mash it together. I love the word forging. We yes. are forging a new third culture here. Yes. And when you forge something together, it means it it means like what you have. To, when I think of forging, I think of like ironworking. You yes. know, it gets hot and it's it's uncomfortable. But once that thing sticks together, like you can't break it apart. No. And you have to you know? use the ingredients that are available to you in this time frame, right? Like, does it make more sense to cook something that's been grown in your neighbor's yard versus like getting some ingredient in California and having it trucked and shipped all the way here? Because that's air quote authentic. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, one of the biggest uh, criticism we get from our own you're not using the right cutting board. You're not right. using the right knife. You're not using the right ingredient that our parents would use in Laos in Thailand. And I'm like, we're not Laos in Thailand, dude. Yeah. Like that's what I think. We're not Laos in Thailand. You know where we are? We're in freaking Minnesota. Yeah. And like let's let's embrace that. Like I, I think that there's always this thing when it comes to food where it's like people are like, I want to get to the authentic authentic you know, authenticity of it. Yeah. And what they do is like you forget what's already right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And 
And for me, that's very important because that's what my father taught us. Yeah. You know, my father said, look, we, we're here in America. There's some things that are going to be different. Let's adapt to that so that we can grow as a, you know, as a family. And I don't know. So for us, I'll be very honest. Um, Steph's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Steph's. Steph's. Both of you guys. Right. I'll be very honest. Like, this is kind of like out of our comfort zone as a restaurant. I'll, I'll be very honest. Yeah. Like, I, we were, I was like, I like, was, I'm very nervous about this one because <laughs> I'm afraid that some people will look at it. Oh, what? What? You guys made a burger? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I bet it. it'll be a good you know? burger. Yeah. Yeah. We we have a we have our own ranch that we're making too. Yeah. You oh know? my god. So we we took our tiger bite hot sauce and we we made it into a ranch, you know, dressing. Yum, uh, dude. You know, it had me at tiger bite hot sauce. It's gonna be great, <laughs> and we're gonna be very excited to be there. We have to take we have to go, but I just want to say thank you for yep. calling in. Mika starts on when? When can people start going? March 29th, okay. next Wednesday. Okay, next Rocking Wednesday. It out, 11 a.m. All right, yeah. we're, we'll, we'll come in and see you then. Good luck, yeah. Good luck today. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate everything. All right, thanks, you guys. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. What a great conversation that was. We have just been, like, continuing the conversation. Yeah, and I feel I feel really unfortunate that our package is airing so much later that you can't even have this delicious. But you can still visit him and have this delicious food. Here's my Because thing. whether it's soup or yeah, meatloaf. It sounds to me like your discussion isn't about necessarily just soup. So no, it isn't So people are going to be able to pull from it, and then they'll be able to... Hopefully go into, uh, you know, the next pop-up and understand it. And then what comes after Mika? I don't know, but great, exciting. Yeah, for you know? sure. And I think that there's, we're just saying that there's something, you know, in the, when you and I were coming up in our food lives, um, you know, in the, like the 80s and 90s, as we always talk about, you know, infusion was such a thing. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I ever had guacamole on fried rice, you know, in New York. And I was like, wait a minute, what are we doing? I tried to make your sushi waffle last weekend with Kurt. What's my sushi? Waffle? The sushi, uh, the sushi rice and the waffle oh, maker, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, it resulted in not working and us having to pick rice out of our waffle maker with a toothpick. There's a lot of but. issues with waffling, by the way. <laughs> I just want to say, like, there's a lot of issues. You got to be good at waffling before you attempt to go into the next phase. We of waffling. scraped all of that into a bowl and put sriracha on it, yeah, and it was perfect. delicious, marvelous. But. But the point is to me is like the fusion, the idea of like doing things differently is where growth happens. And I understand for us, we've been saying that we've had to give, you know, these sort of marginalized cultures a voice in food. Like we had to let them instead of just American chefs taking and saying, this is ramen and this is how this works. Giving the ramen makers and the people who who was a part of their true lives, giving them that moment to speak was really important and now I think now that we can appreciate that and understand provenance and understand culture and significance on things, now we get to come back and say, like, okay, now how can, let's talk about growth from there. Like, and now that we respect where the originality comes from, now let's talk about influences and in moving forward. Let's talk about growth. Without it being a slap together like what he was saying, it's not about putting things on other things just for the sake of it. It's about forging it's about building and creating and i think that's an interesting moment to think about it reminds me this is a really bad ex- ex- example probably but when our mom would make chop suey and she would use the um chunking fried wormy looking noodles yeah like you and i would no more cook with that today probably just because you, why when you have all these other like different kinds of noodles yeah. that are so delicious and, right well but I mean, you still might make your mom's chop suey right 
But I mean, if you want to really get into it, like Taco Bell. Hello. That yeah. is an Americanized version of, you know, Mexican food. And that's just and what dill pickle on pizza. Yeah. I mean, like, and this is the thing. Things are and I don't and I and I'm going to go with the fact that the corn dog in Korea that we invented in California or wherever went to Korea and got better. Crunchies. <laughs> the crunchies corn dogs are amazing. Why have we not been putting cheese in our corn dogs? I don't know, but it took them to figure it out. And so I feel like that freedom of movement to me is important as is important as respecting the origins. I just think authenticity is a ghost that we can't ever attain. And I think it sort of haunts people like, you know, he is saying that he has people from his own culture saying you're doing it wrong. There's a ghost to that. And the same thing way, whenever we have, there's a Jewish jelly that tries to open and people are like, this isn't the right way, you know? And the same thing with when Italian Nona's say that's the wrong marinara sauce because right. it's personal. So what we're doing and we're talking about food as being a communication. Food is a language. How do we then figure out this language, even when it's uncomfortable and move forward and speak with it so that we are all nourished and we are all satisfied. I don't know. I mean, like, that's the exciting time. Yeah, really is. And this brings, this is a weird example, but um, we did this uh, coconut cake off on Jason's show yesterday or the day before yesterday. And it was like, he did the Holly Kalana cake that they make in Oahu or oh, Hawaii. Okay. It's this famous cake that has a pastry cream and a whipped cream topping and it's super light and airy and delicious. Amaretto is kind of the primary flavor. I made a coconut cake with five sticks of butter yeah. and raspberry jam and a butter cream cheesy frosting and they looked the same, Like, but we did the cake off and you couldn't have had two different cakes, but the idea was the same, right? Yeah. Where they both were covered with coconut and creamy and dreamy, but they were completely different cakes. So we had a cake off. I'll put both recipes up so you can try either one because they were both delicious. I ended up winning and I was super excited just because I love winning. Yeah. But it's this idea that you can have the same thing. That is completely different. Well, I mean, that's and it's but it, and I think that there's obviously recipes are recipes and, you know, we do different things all the time. But I think the idea of, you know, taking something that is new to you, bringing something with and I love what Leah, what you said about like he wants you to eat his food and have your own memory. He doesn't need you to have his memory. And he doesn't need it to be, you know, he can give you the moment and have you be a part of the conversation with him with food, but then to have it spur something in yourself it's literally like i mean and here's the best thing is when you think about ratatouille and you think about the moment that the critic anton ego takes a bite of that ratatouille and has a, you know it slams him back to his childhood and it's not about anything other than those are the moments that if we're doing food right to me this is everything that goes with your cooking that goes with my mom's cooking that goes with you know even yeah. the stuff that we're making with our kids and what they're going to make for their kids and like that's the language that goes forward, and that's the language that builds culture. Oh, I have total goosebumps just thinking about that, because that is the essence of why I love this show so much. Yeah, this is a good show. Because we get to it for 15 years, just talk about 
you know, like food is so personal to everybody, but nobody's point of view is like 100% right, right? right. Like we think that bay leaves are dusty and why are yeah. we using them? And then another <laughs> caller is like, these are life changing in rice. You guys, and the best and part they're is, both right. And we didn't say, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Like that's the one thing I would say about this show that I'm really appreciative. And I know that we talked about ham gravy and we were both like, no, we don't put gravy on ham. And no, someone sent I'm a note. I'm still not going to put gravy on ham, but and, you can. But Vicky sent in a note. She's saying, I love ham gravy. And we're like, great. Like, this is a wonderful thing that I think that I wish that we could share more. I mean, I wish that more food media, food conversations were about this kind of stuff. Because really and truly, like, it's a gift to be able to do this every Saturday. It's a gift to be able to share the things we discover. And it's a gift for you guys to react back. And that synergy through the weekly dish has been just one of the best things about my life. And me too. And you can always continue the conversation on Twitter. And I'm going to be at Kowalski's in Excelsior. <laughs> so After the show, I'm driving there to sign cookbooks till 1 o'clock so you can come and talk about how you make your ham gravy. Okay. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Have a great weekend.